Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Spring 2021 Lesson Manual or Student Workbook and turn to lesson number 11 intended for May 16, 2021, the lesson entitled Great Mercy. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, before we look into God's Word together, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Jonah chapter 4, Jonah chapter 4, we're going to read the first 11 verses. Just hold your place there. Let me tell you a little bit about Lee, who picked up a group of men from a long-term care facility every week and brought them to church. One of the men that Lee picked up was named Greg, and Greg needed a wheelchair to get around and strongly depended upon Lee to help him navigate the difficulties of an unfamiliar environment when he was still getting used to the wheelchair. One Sunday, Lee took Greg to church and helped him through worship service. He made a way for him to share a nice meal with some of the church family afterward. After the meal, Lee was making a to-go plate when Greg asked him, who's that for, Lee? Lee told him it was for George, another resident of the facility who had been suffering greatly that morning and had been unable to make the journey to church. Greg scowled and loudly proclaimed, well, I wouldn't do that. He doesn't deserve it. He hasn't been coming to church. Lee calmly informed Greg that he was still going to take George a plate of food. And Greg's demeanor immediately fell. He mumbled and grumbled and complained the rest of the afternoon. Greg had been having a wonderful time until he found out Lee was taking George a meal. Greg didn't feel George deserved a plate since he had not come to church. He was okay with receiving mercy for himself, but was not willing to let others receive mercy. And he allowed his lack of mercy to ruin his day and was still complaining when Lee took him home. His last words to Lee were, Well, I bet if I wasn't coming to church, you wouldn't bring me a plate of food. It's sad that sometimes we let our self-serving human nature blind us to the needs of others. But closeness with the Lord realigns our perspective to love and serve like him. We're going to look at this lesson entitled Great Mercy. The focus thought is we must not begrudge God for showing mercy on others because we need God's mercy at all times. Let's turn to Jonah chapter 4 and let's see what God's word would speak to us today. All right, let's look at Jonah chapter 4 and... Beginning at verse number one, the Bible says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before into Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live." Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. 
So Jonah was exceeding glad for the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither made it us grow. Whence came up in the night and perished in the night? And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six core thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? The focus verses are those final two verses, verses 10 and 11 of Jonah chapter 4. Let me read those again. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for which you did not labor, didn't make it grow, came up in a night and perished in a night. Should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle? This is a interesting passage in uh, the tail end of the story of Jonah, Jonah chapter 4. You remember the story of Jonah, where Jonah was called. God called him to go to Nineveh to preach to the evil Ninevites. And instead, Jonah hopped on a boat to go to Tarshish, running from the call of God. And remember the storm that came, and they tossed Jonah overboard, and the great fish that swallowed him up. And three days later, after Jonah had repented, the the, the fish spit him out on dry ground. And Jonah finally went to Nineveh, and Jonah finally preached, and he preached that God's judgment was coming if they, unless they would repent. And Jonah watched the reaction of the Ninevites, that they began to repent, cover themselves in sackcloth and ashes, and begin to humble themselves before the one true God whom they didn't even know. But because of Jonah's preaching, they turned to God and asked God for forgiveness. And Jonah became angry here at the beginning of chapter 4. He became angry because he saw the reaction of the Ninevites of whom he hated. Jonah hated the, the, the Ninevites. So why was Jonah angry here? Let's talk about that. Why was Jonah angry? Jonah was angry because, first of all, he didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. He hated the Ninevites. The Ninevites were evil people. They that was the capital city of Assyria, which was the major power, world power in that day. And these Assyrians, these Ninevites, they were known for just brutally treating people, torturing people in inhumane ways. They were evil. They were wicked. And they were the enemies of Israel, of whom and where Jonah was from. They were the arch enemies. They, they were these evil, wicked people. And the Lord tells Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites because he's sending judgment. And Jonah didn't want to go. And we find out here in this first part of Jonah chapter 4, the real reason Jonah didn't want to go. He said, Lord, I knew that you are a merciful God, a gracious God. You're slow to anger. You're, you have great kindness. You, you, you always show mercy on people. 
And Jonah became angry because he saw how Nineveh responded, and he just knew. He just knew by their reaction that God was going to somehow show mercy. So Jonah storms out of Nineveh to the east side of the city, outside the city, up on a, on a hill, on a cliff somewhere, and he sets up a tent, and he just watches Nineveh to see what's going to happen. And he was angry because he knew Certainly God's going to forgive him. Certainly God's not going to really send the judgment like he said because these people have repented. That's why Jonah was angry. And God said, do you really have a right to be angry, Jonah? So Jonah went out of the city, verse 5, the east side of the city, and he made him a tent. He set up a tent and sat under its shadow that he might see what could come become of the city. And here is this merciful God that Jonah says he knows all about this merciful God. Just she's a great kindness, shows mercy. And here Jonah's angry with God. Here Jonah is just flat out angry, just wants to die, just wants to curl up in a hole and die because he's so angry that God would show mercy on these wicked, evil people. And here's he's angry at God. And God causes a gourd to grow, this, this leafy plant to grow and grow up over Jonah to provide shade for him. God shows this angry man mercy. Jonah was exactly right. God was a merciful, he is a merciful God. He is filled with kindness. He's filled with kindness, and Jonah just can't believe it. And God shows him mercy. But Jonah, for some reason, cannot handle God showing mercy on Jonah's enemies. He can sure, certainly handle God showing mercy on him. On him. I mean, when, when, this, when this gourd had grown and the shadow grew over his head to deliver him and to, to keep him from the sun, verse 6 says, Jonah was exceeding glad for the gourd. Jonah was so glad. Jonah felt so good. God's showing him mercy. God's showing him kindness. And yet he did not like that God would want to show somebody else kindness. What does a lack of mercy lead to? A lack of showing mercy, wanting to show mercy. We can see in Jonah's situation here, a lack of willingness to show mercy on others just leads to misery. A lack of mercy leads to misery. Jonah is miserable. He likes the mercy and kindness for himself. But he's unwilling to let mercy and kindness be shown to his enemies. And that lack of mercy leads to misery. If we hoard mercy and God's kindness and God's grace to ourselves and all we worry about and pray for is ourselves and all we do and worry about is our own little church and our own little people and we're not one bit concerned about the mercy of God being shown to people outside who are lost, we can be filled with mercy and be miserable. And here's Jonah sitting on a little cliff overlooking the city of Nineveh, just waiting for God to show mercy on these Ninevites. And Jonah is miserable, completely miserable. And Jonah, 
the sun the of course God causes a worm to 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 eat that gourd and destroy that gourd and of course Jonah just gets angry that God's taking the mercy away right and Jonah Jonah says that he he wishes himself to die it says it's better for me to die than to live I mean that's a pretty bad place to be in right that because God's showing mercy to your enemies, you feel like the best thing for you is just to die. That's a pretty miserable individual right there. And God says to Jonah, verse 9, you have a reason to be angry for this gourd? Because of all this gourd situation? And Jonah says, I have a right to be angry. I'm so angry, I feel like dying. I do well to be angry, even unto death but here's the climax verses 10 and 11 this is what we need to look at then the lord said to him you had pity on the gourd for which you, you didn't even lay you didn't even plant it you didn't even call it. i did that for you i caused it to grow you didn't make it grow it came up one night and perished the next night you had pity on that gourd You didn't have anything to do with it. And then the Lord tells him, Should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand? If I'm I'm calculating that right in my head, 120,000 people who can't discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. What's the difference here? What's, what's, What's the Lord pointing out here? Jonah is is having having pity and feeling bad because of this gourd which he had nothing to do with and and if he could feel that strong for that gourd for that plant god says jonah shouldn't i shouldn't i have mercy and pity on these ninevites over 120,000 people First of all, Jonah, I made them. I created them. They were made in my image. They are human beings. They are individuals. Should not I have mercy on them? I made them. 120,000 people. Jonah, they're so lost. They can't even discern from their right hand to their left hand. They don't even know what a right decision is. They don't even know what righteousness is. They don't even know what peace is all about. They don't even know what joy is all about. Jonah, should not I have pity on them? Shouldn't I have mercy on them? Don't you hear? Don't you feel the heartbeat of the Lord? As, as we talk about this today, don't you feel God's heartbeat? He's shown us so much mercy. He's given us so much grace. And sometimes we hoard it to ourselves. And we are so concerned about the mercy that we experience and the grace we experience. And, and if we have a bad song service at church, we're upset. When people out in the world don't even know what it is to have peace don't even know what it is to have true peace and true joy in their life. Shouldn't God be able to show mercy on them? Shouldn't God have compassion and pity on them? Shouldn't he reach for them? Don't they deserve to hear the message that says, if you'll just repent and turn to the Lord, he'll forgive you. Don't they deserve that message? 
Don't they deserve a Peter to stand up from the balcony of the upper room and tell them that you can repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? You can be saved. Don't people deserve that? God is a God of great mercy. Yes, Jonah, you are correct. God is a gracious God. He's merciful. He's slow to anger. He's of great kindness. And those who repent of their evil, God will show mercy and forgive them. Yes, you've got it right, Jonah. Is that not the God we preach? Is that not the God we testify of? Is that not the God who's shown those great things in our life that even our enemies deserve to hear of his kindness and his greatness? Even our, even those so-called enemies, which, which I don't think we ought to have enemies. I don't think we ought to have enemies. We ought to find a place in our heart to forgive whosoever. God is a God of great mercy. We, he has shown us mercy. This week, I want to challenge you. Grow in the mercy of the Lord. Thank God for his mercy every day. Make a list of the things that God's done in your life to show you mercy. Be thankful for the mercy of the Lord that he has extended to you this week. And the second thing I want you to do is I want you to pray for those who are lost all around you. If you have enemies, I want you to pray for your enemies this week. Jonah, if you've got enemies, you need to pray for your enemies. You need to pray God would show mercy on them. You need to pray God's forgiveness and grace to be extended to them. You need to pray God's kindness, God's graciousness to be extended to them. We need to show love and compassion to every single person around us. I don't care what color their skin. If it's a different color than your skin, they deserve mercy and grace. I don't care if it's a different race than you. They deserve mercy and grace. I don't care if they grew up on the other side of the tracks. They deserve mercy and grace. It doesn't matter who they might be. It doesn't matter what their past might be. God is a God of great mercy, and he, the, everyone deserves to experience the grace and mercy of the Lord in their lives. Let us be ambassadors of God's grace. Let us be messengers of God's grace and God's love. Is there somebody this week you could share the love of God with? Is there somebody this week you can extend the mercy and grace of the Lord with? Somebody testify to someone this week and tell them that the God you serve is a gracious God. He's a merciful God. He's slow to anger. He's of great kindness, and he will extend forgiveness to those who will ask him, who will seek him, and who will turn themselves, turn their lives over to him. God is a God of great mercy. Remember the focus thought, we must not begrudge God for showing mercy on others because we need God's mercy at all times. Would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for your great mercy. So thankful for your kindness and your graciousness towards us. So thankful, Lord, that when we did not deserve it, when we were yet sinners, you died for us. You gave yourself for us. You extend mercy to us every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. You are so faithful to us. We thank you for the privilege we have to come into your house on a weekly basis, sometimes even more than that, and find your grace and mercy there waiting for us. Oh God, we are 
are praying and asking your mercy and grace to be extended to those around us. God, be extended to those who are lost around us, to those who are without hope, without peace, without joy. Extend your mercy to them. Extend your grace to them. Lead us to those who are hurting so that we can preach to them, teach them, show them, and lead them in the direct path that will lead to you and your mercy in their lives. We thank you for your goodness. We magnify and bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.